Next on BYU Sports Nation, is tomorrow's game a must-win for BYU as they travel to Tampa? And Jaron Hall making his first start. But whose responsibility is it to make him look good? And what stats do you expect to see him put up as he takes the reins for BYU? The Jaron Hall era starts now. Jaron's a great dude. I mean, coming off of his mission, you know, he's worked extremely hard, and he's he's a super talented athletic kid. Poised beyond his years. Um, a young guy, but very confident in his ability and ready to, to step out on the field and, and do the job. Explosive. Um, he's, he's got quick twitch, and he can play a lot of different positions, but he's, I think uh, people really underestimate the, his accuracy and his throwing ability. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Ben Bagley. BYU Sports Nation is live. We are your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm not sure how I feel about the voice guy introducing himself. It's what? It's a little odd. Today is Friday, October 11th. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a man who is Jordan McLeod to my Jaron Hall. Yes, Ben Bagley. Oh, yes, Jordan McLeod, Jaron Hall, tomorrow's game at USF, a battle of the backup quarterbacks getting their starts. That would make – I want to be Jaron Hall. I'm Jaron Hall. No, I – I am Jaron Hall. You want to arm wrestle for it? I would arm wrestle you for the ability to be Jaron Hall. Oh, that's must-see TV. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, are you sure you're supposed to be here? Because normally we only see you from – well, still, we're only well, seeing you from the waist up. Yes. But now, instead of being in the control room, you're on the set with us. It's important to see me from the waist up because I've got my pajama bottoms on underneath. That is not true. I will I, – that is not true. <laughs> no, yeah. No, Jaron uh, – we're coming in as Jordan McLeod. No, Jaron Hall. I'm playing Jaron no, Hall. No, I am Jaron Hall. Hall. Uh, Spencer's in Tampa. Jerem's at home. He decided to take the day off. I don't know. Take care of his family. He's, he's, got, he's got a sick he, family. He watched yesterday's show. He's like, you know what? I can't. I'm, I'm going to have some milk at the bottom of the cereal bowl today. Ugh, gross. Yeah, so. Now, I'm filling in. I'm happy to be here. It's good to be with you, Jason. You know what? Ben and I have worked uh, together and around each other for for 20-plus years. In fact, we started at the same place. Like at, 12. Let's not age ourselves that well, badly. Well, I've, it's already out there. We can't pull that one back in. Uh, we even started probably within a month of each other. Uh, in sports radio together, and I believe this is the first time you and I have actually ever done a show together. This is the first time we've ever done a show That's together. crazy that we've been doing this this long, and today's the first time we're actually on a show on air together. Wait, hang on. I'm going to put a reminder in my phone. Right hey, the- hey, hey, Siri, write in journal tonight yes. about today. That needs to be in the – that's a book of remembrance entry tonight for one Ben Bagley. Yeah, someone's scrapbooking that right now. Absolutely. Uh, busy show today. Here's our show lineup. Uh, live from Tampa, Florida, Spencer Linton. And uh, there's a chance we will have Spencer uh, poolside, which poolside. is exciting for everybody, especially us back here in 30-degree temps. <laughs> They were telling us that we, we saw the feed earlier, and they're talking about how hot and humid it is, and they're standing by a pool. Nobody out here wants to hear that right now. Yeah, I regret wearing yeah. pants today. Exactly. Come on. Stat expectations for Jaron Hall. What do we expect numbers-wise for Jaron Hall making his first start as BYU quarterback? And what do we know about South Florida as well as the greater Tampa metropolitan area? We will play Know the Foe. But first, let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
As we just mentioned, BYU football set to take on the South Florida Bulls in Tampa, Florida tomorrow. The Cougars are 0-7 all-time in the state of Florida. What does that have to do with tomorrow? Nothing. Jaron Hall will be making his first start at quarterback for the injured Zach Wilson. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio. Watch on CBS Sports Network. Don't forget, be sure to catch Countdown to Kickoff before the game at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific on BYU TV. Also, don't forget pre-game, Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio an hour before that. Yes, with its host, me. Yes. <laughs> Inside joke there, nobody cares. Hey, the boogeyman strikes again. I don't know if you've heard, but Calvin always calling himself and the linebackers of the New England Patriots the boogeyman. Well, the boogeyman stroke, struck again last night. Calvin Oy, two tackles, a sack, a scoop, and a score. Fumble recovery last night in the New England Patriots. 35-14 win over the New York Giants. KVN and the Pats now 6-0 and on the season. The only other undefeated NFL team right now, that would be Fred Warner's 49ers at 4-0. Really impressive touchdown for uh, for KB and full, full extension. extension. Yeah, yeah that was fantastic. Ball. ball handling skills. Absolutely. Number nine, women's volleyball down the San Francisco Dons in straight sets last night in the Smith Fieldhouse. Maddie Robinson led the way with 11 kills. This was BYU's ninth straight victory. The Cougars are now 19-0 all-time against USF. That would be San Francisco, not South Florida. BYU hosts Santa Clara tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Mountain on the WCC Network. That would be 12 p.m. Pacific. And the sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer team looks to keep their unbeaten streak alive this Saturday. They host the Pacific Tigers at Southfield. You can catch that matchup live on BYU TV at 9 p.m., 6 p.m. Pacific, also on BYU Radio. Yeah, you'll Jer- be on the call. Yeah, Jerem will be on the call on BYU TV. I will be on the call on BYU Radio. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. After the bye week, BYU enters this week with a record of 2-3. and three. BYU still four wins away from bowl eligibility with seven games remaining in the regular season. Now, while the schedule certainly eases up in relation to the first month, there are no guarantees, or are there? Ben, is the game against South Florida a must-win game for BYU tomorrow? Absolutely it is. And it's not just coach speak because, you know, every game's a must-win if you're a fan or you're a coach or a player. That's the way you look at it. But it's a must-win because it keeps you on schedule. If you look at the season, when the season started, I'd BYU at seven or eight wins for the season. I figured seven wins, that would be an acceptable mar- that would be acceptable win margin for BYU. Eight wins would be fantastic, and you'd be ecstatic about it, especially after that first four. Well, BYU got through the first four at two and two, which was ahead of schedule. At that point, they were ahead of schedule for the win losses. Then they predictably struggled, stumbled, and lost to Toledo. That put them back on schedule. Now, that Toledo loss hurt because... Is Toledo, you quote unquote, should win that game and you didn't, and you kind of didn't look great in the loss. So that hurts, and that's the most recent taste in people's mouths. So there's a little bit of bitterness there. But a win tomorrow at USF puts you right back on schedule. It gets you back to 500. When I say schedule, here's why I say that. You've got three expected wins left on the, on the schedule. Liberty, Idaho State, and UMass. That's taking USF out of it. But if you put USF into that, that puts you right at six wins. Mm-hmm. You're bowl eligible. The season's a, I, I don't know, some sort of measurement of success at that point. 
But if you lose, all of a sudden you've got to go to Utah State. You've got to beat Boise. You've got to beat San Diego State. You've got to win two of those three, not just one of those three. You'd like to win two of those three, but you must win two of those three if you fall tomorrow at UCF. So you, to stay on schedule, tomorrow is a must win. Yeah, I agree. It's a must win, especially if the goal, and this is the minimum goal, by the way, for BYU to become bowl eligible. That's, that's certainly a goal. Yes, yes. And, and you, you laid it out perfectly. BYU with two wins currently. Seven games on the schedule, and and I'm counting South Florida in this. There are four games that I think BYU will win, and that includes tomorrow. So South Florida, Liberty, Idaho State, UMass. That gets you, like you said, that gets you to bowl eligibility. Right now, Utah State, Boise State, San Diego State are the games that are not guarantees. With the uncertainty of the USU and Boise games, to be bowl eligible, BYU has to win those four games we mentioned. That means tomorrow's matchup is a must win. Getting those four musts, and and I'm not saying BYU isn't going to beat Utah State, San Diego State, or Boise, but those are, are... far less certain than the four I mentioned. You have to win those four games because the others are not guarantees. BYU has to play well and beat these teams that they should beat. They are they will be favored over all of these te- of those four that we mentioned. They have to win those games. Well, the interesting thing, you and I both went big picture here. If you look just right now, the one thing that makes this another must win for BYU is I don't think the team, the staff, or the fan base can stomach three straight losses. You can't go three straight. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Topic number two. I love the confidence since talking to Jaron Hall this week. This kid is mature. He's confident. He seems like he's ready to go. You, it's like you, you talk to him like, oh, hey, that guy's ready to go. You expect big things on Saturday from him. But he is a freshman. It is his first start. And historically, there's some... It's not always smooth sailing. So, for Jaron Hall to be successful, Jason, who needs to help him in his first start against USF? Like, you could go a couple of different ways. You could go with a specific player. You could go with a position group, and that's where I'm going. I think success for Jaron tomorrow, certainly he's, he'll play a part in his own success, certainly. I think it's going to be based on the play of the offensive line. Protection is going to be key, especially for a guy making his first start. The line has to give Jaron time to make decisions. And I, when I mean make, talk about making decisions, I'm talking about making a decision whether or not going through his reads, if he's throwing the ball, if he's going to take off, if he's move around the pocket. The offensive line has got to hold up to give him time to make those decisions. Besides just the protection part of it though the o-line being able to create holes for the run game will also benefit jaron a healthy run game from emmanuel Supa and lopini Cato will go a long way in helping shoulder the load for jaron hall the offensive production tomorrow will all come down in my opinion to how well the o-line plays i think you're exactly right and i think the o-line does play a huge part in this but i'm going to go a different direction i'm not going a player or a position group I'm going coaching staff. We've heard Kalani Sataki say this after multiple games this year. It's our job as coaches to put these guys in positions to win. And I think that is more true tomorrow than it has been all season. And I'm going to go, I'm going to focus on the two coordinators, not even just Jeff Grimes. I'm going to go both coordinators. And if you want to go special teams coordinator too, at Lamb, you as well. But let's start with Jeff Grimes. That play calling has got to be on point. You can't get heavy one way or the other with Jaron Hall. Keep it a nice, even balance. Keep him the passing game short and workable. Don't expect big things from him. Don't say, hey, kid, it's your first start. We're going to go deep three times out of six. That's not going to help. The run game's got to work, and you got to see a lot of third and shorts. 
you got to keep Jaron out of third and longs, obvious passing situations. So Jeff Grimes' play calling has got to be on point tomorrow. On the other side of the ball, here's how Elisa Tuyaki helps out Jaron Hall. That defense has got to be full of havoc, full of disruption, and you got to give the offense, put them in positions to win, put them in positions to succeed. Give them some short field. Get a turnover here and there. Lots of three and outs on that side of the ball, forcing USF, that defense, to stay on the field and be tired. If the defense can pull up their end of the bargain, I think it's just as important as Jeff Grimes, is the BYU defense helping Jaron Hall be put in a position to succeed. Look, and we've talked about this this week, and you, you heard from Coach, you heard from Coach Grimes, you heard from Aaron Roderick talking about this. The offense doesn't have to change from Zach Wilson to Jaron Hall. And you heard yesterday my one-on-one with Coach Roderick. He says there are more similarities between these two quarterbacks than differences. People want to think that there's this massive difference between the two. And he says there, there really isn't. There, from from the, the, the passing game to the way that they can move around the pocket, they're very, very similar. I think that helps immensely that you don't have to make wholesale changes to the way you call plays. I think Coach Grimes comes into this feeling pretty confident that he knows what plays to call because I don't think he has to change from what he was doing with Zach Wilson. No, you don't have to change a lot, but the one thing you need to do, and I think it goes to the offensive line and it goes to both coordinators, is you got to make him comfortable. Whether he's in the huddle, whether he's on the sideline, wherever Jaron is, and I'm not saying we're coddling him and, hey, yeah. hey, it's your first start. We're going to be easy. Here's, here's, the, here's the padded toys. We don't want to give you anything sharp. No, just make him comfortable, and that's what, that's what I'm asking him to do. All right, finally, topic three, a little departure from football. Or maybe, we'll, we'll see, maybe maybe we bring it back around to football. You never know. Jeff Goodman uh, polled uh, WCC coaches and asked them to rank the best basketball jobs in the West Coast Conference. Why, you ask? I say, why not? The poll was based on this. He had, he had eight criteria that he based this on. He looked at tradition. He looked at media exposure. Game atmosphere, budget slash resources, uh, buy games, so the ability to, to bring teams in, um, geographical recruiting base, facilities, and, and selling pros. So guys able uh, to be able to tell, hey, if you come here, yeah. you can go to the NBA. So that was the eight criteria. He has BYU as the number two team slash job in the West Coast Conference. What are your thoughts on that? Do you agree BYU is the second best in the WCC based on that criteria? It hurts just a little bit to say this because when BYU, I remember working in Salt Lake City on sports talk radio when BYU jumped the WCC. And, and it, I don't think if BYU Sports Nation would have been around at the time, it would have been the same thing. We're going to go and dominate the WCC. It's going to be great. This is BYU's conference. We own it. It's Gonzaga's conference. It has been from that day. It remains to be so. BYU's second. And it might be closer than you actually think. But you look at it. Zags have a better basketball tradition. (gasps) I know that's a very millennial thing to say. And there's a lot of recency bias in that. But if you look at it, the Bulldogs have advanced at least the second round of the NCAA tournament in every year since 2009. That's the last 10 years, and that's, <laughs> really a, good. that's a lot of tournament of success. <laughs> By the way, in that same span, it's not the stat of the day, but it might be because I didn't want to do a Gonzaga stat of the day, is in that same span of 10 years, they've only lost 17 regular season WCC games. 
That's pretty good. That's really impressive. And now, that's where BYU struggled a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So, so on, on tradition, and, on, and yes, there's recency bias in that, and I get it, all the old-time Cougar teams and stuff. There's, there's great basketball tradition at BYU. But recently, it's Gonzaga that's got the better basketball tradition. I think with, with stuff like exposure, BYU's got an edge. I think with the atmosphere arena, everybody wants to go, well, our, well the Marriott Center's bigger. But sometimes those smaller arenas, you get a bigger, rowdy crowd. The kennel rocks. I'm going to give the edge to the kennel there. So uh, on all this stuff, I'm going to give the edge to Zags on stuff, especially the pro thing. That's a big thing right now because every year they're putting guys in the pro. Look, looking at it strictly from a basketball perspective, yes, I, BYU would be the second best job in the WCC. We all know Gonzaga right now. that They are, they are the king of the WCC. I, I have no problem with BYU being number two and then whoever you think is three. Say that. It, does, it does hurt, but, but it, it's reality. Gonzaga is clearly the juggernaut hoops program in the conference. Here's where I have probably, these next two are probably my biggest beefs. Number one, putting USF ahead of BYU in tradition. Look, I understand they've won two titles. I, I get that. <laughs> that was in the 50s. I, I look, and I guess history can go back as far as you want. Bill Russell's the, not walking through I, that I, door. I, I, I know. Bill Russell was a part of it. I have a little bit of a problem with having San Francisco ahead of BYU in terms of, of tradition. This is the one that just kills me. Jeff has St. Mary's ahead of BYU in media exposure. Are you kidding False. me? False. Are you kidding me? It's not. By the way, this is Jeff's poll. It's the coaches that did this. I, 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 I do not understand how St. Mary's could have a perceived better media exposure than BYU. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. There is no St. Mary's sports nation, I'm just saying. There is not. Look, and here's the other thing. If you want to take this broader, though, out of just basketball, I think BYU is the best athletic program, yes. hands down. Yeah. You look at the Olympic sports, top 10. How many teams do we have in the top 10 right now? But historically, our Olympic sports are fantastic. And all, this is kind of like the mic drop. We also, we also have football. End of discussion. So does San Diego, like in Division 7. Ex- exactly. But, but they got it's football. still a mic drop. So is it BYU, San Diego, then Gonzaga? Is that your rankings? Is that no, your power rankings? I would say it's still BYU, then Gonzaga. I think their basketball team is so good it trumps everything else. It, it, it trumps Division 7 San Diego football? <laughs> yes, it does. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Our question of the day, who can or will help Jaron Hall the most in his first start as quarterback for BYU? Time to hear from you. It's Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response comes on Twitter from the, uh, the casual hippie, uh, the defense. They need to get stops, giving Hall short fields and plenty of opportunities. If he has a drive of 75-plus and only gets one or two possessions a quarter, he will struggle. He will make mistakes. The D needs to step up and get him the ball back when that happens. That's a smart guy. That's right going to say, because he, he really agreed with guy. you. The casual hippie, very smart. Are you the casual hippie? You know, aren't all hippies casual? I'm pretty sure. Well, they're ultra casual, certainly. You can join in. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, why is three seconds a number that's important for the success of Jaron Hall? Plus, Spencer Linton is live in Tampa, Florida. Look, there he is, looking so sunny and warm. We will talk with him next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Watch out for that gator, Spencer. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Get ready for BYU at South Florida tomorrow with Countdown to kick off on BYU TV. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon here in Provo, and Spencer Linton live from Tampa. Where he's joining us next as we get you ready for the Cougars and the Bulls. Coverage begins at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific on BYU TV with Countdown to kick off. Live from Studio B, we are your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Jason Shepard alongside Ben Bagley. And as promised, joining us from Tampa, Florida, poolside. Uh, he will be at the game tomorrow doing uh, live reports on Countdown to Kickoff. Spencer Linton joining us from uh, sunny and warm Tampa. Uh, Spencer, first of all, thank you for joining us. It is currently 34 degrees here in Provo. Uh, what's the temp there in Tampa? Because you look really cold. Well, it's roughly 50 degrees warmer Fahrenheit, of course, here in Tampa, Florida, and uh, just a little bit humid. So the climate is just a little different. Now, that said, BYU anticipates 87 degrees when kickoff happens tomorrow against USF. So it's definitely going to be warm and they will be feeling the humidity. And let me say this, Ben Bagley. Welcome to the co-host chair. It took 1,600-plus episodes. It's about time we got you in that seat. Well, hey, it's a little uncomfortable in this chair. I'm not going to lie. My chair in the control room much more comfortable than the one out here. But that's it. Hey, you mentioned the humidity and the heat there, Spencer. Did you pack your pickle juice? I have not packed my pickle juice, but I'm happy to report that there are several places we can obtain some pickle juice and some Gatorade because, of course, yes. Gatorade was founded in the state of Florida, right? So we we got to go get both those things, stay hydrated, or maybe I should say Powerade because BYU is a Powerade. Yes, yes we yes, are yes. a Powerade school, exactly. Um, We've been talking a lot about Jaron Hall this week, obviously making his first start. Uh, You and I were having a conversation uh, about him yesterday. Um, Expectation-wise, what what are your realistic expectations for Jaron Hall tomorrow? I put out two numbers in a letter earlier this week, and I'll reinforce those. I think that BYU will hit that magical 24-plus point mark. I don't know that it's all going to be offense. I mean, it would be amazing if BYU could swing together some type of defensive touchdown because they've given up plenty of those this year. But I think 24-plus points for BYU led by a Jaron Hall offense isn't too much to ask against a USF defense that has given up massive numbers, massive numbers. And you guys have gone through the specifics of those. The other thing I think is BYU will have at least 400 plus total yards of offense so 24 points 400 plus of total offense and the letter is w because byu will leave with a win and jaron hall is going to win his first start as a byu quarterback well if you think if you're expecting those massive numbers 400 plus yards of total offense jaron hall is going to need some help and we talked about that in the first segment spencer is our question of the day who or what will help jaron hall the most in his first start especially if he's going to get those kind of numbers His offensive line is going to help him the most. If they can just give him enough protection so that he can make the easy reads and the easier throws, they're not going to dumb the playbook down per se, but they're going to give him simple plays to get him comfortable in the pocket, and then they'll kind of give him some slack to sling it down the field a little bit. But his offensive line is going to have to be really good early on to make him feel comfortable in the pocket, and they should 
They should be able to do that because this is what we've talked about all offseason and now into the season. The strongest position group, we think, is the offensive line. Now it's time for them to prove it against a team they should be better than. So I think the offensive line can help them the most, and that will help the run game. And if the run game gets going, watch out. BYU might. They might just score 30-plus points. Spencer, you're a smart man because I said almost exactly what you just said in the A block. I think it's the offensive line, not just for protection, but allowing the run game to help Jaron out as well. Uh, And if you mentioned the 400 yards of offense and 24-plus points, if you're expecting those types of numbers, maybe I already know where you're going to go with this, but which side of the ball do you expect to have the better day? Is it going to be the offense or the defense tomorrow? I think we're going to see a very motivated defense, Jason, because of everything that's been said about the Cougars' inability to stop the run. If I'm one of the BYU coaches, I am piping that little number of how they're giving up 220 yards of rushing every game to opposing offenses. I I will remind them of that all the time to put that added chip on their shoulder. I think it's going to be the BYU defense that shuts things down with the run, we'll be impressed with those numbers tomorrow. So 400-plus of total offense is impressive, and as Ben mentioned, they're going to have to help Jaron Hall out in a number of places on the offensive side of the ball. But overall, I think that defensive front, the line, the linebackers, they're going to make some plays against that USF run game, and we're going to be impressed with what they do because they've been hearing how bad they are all week. In fact, two weeks because it's off of a bye week. Well, I was going to ask you about that next, Spencer. You talk about coming off of a bye week. Now, obviously, the Cougars are going to be rested, but how ornery are they going to be? You're coming off of two straight losses. You want to avoid the third, and you've heard everybody ch- chatter about it, especially the defense. Hey, you guys need to get more pressure. Do this, do this. You've heard that for two weeks now without actually playing a game, so how ornery do you expect the Cougars to be tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the chip is going to be there. They're going to be angry. They're going to play with ferocity. They're going to play fast. It's time for them to put up or shut up to steal an oft-used cliche. BYU's defense is ready to play. They're ready to go. They're ready to win a game for Kalani Satake. It's his birthday week, for crying out loud. (laughs) And I know he, more than anybody else, is desperate for BYU to get back to 500 and build some type of momentum going into a huge game with Boise State. BYU has a lot to prove against USF tomorrow and build confidence and momentum as they prepare for Boise State next week. Okay, so staying on that track, we all expect BYU to win. I think we all expect BYU to win handily. With what you just said, is tomorrow a must-win for BYU? Absolutely. Oh, this is a must-win. If BYU does not win this game, then things around the program are going to start to hit a low like 2017. And I know that sounds kind of dramatic, but this is a much better team than BYU fielded in 2017 overall. And if they drop to 2-4 and four with three straight losses, including losses to Toledo and USF, then it's going to get really weird. And BYU is going to have a tough time getting bowl eligible. That would mean that the Cougars have to win the three guaranteed games we're giving them at home, but then they have to either beat Utah State, Boise State, or San Diego State. That's a lot to ask. Tomorrow's game is critical if BYU wants to feel comfortable about securing their postseason spot and, again, 
turning things around, getting back to 500, and giving themselves some confidence so they can beat a highly ranked Boise State team in Provo. It's a must win for so many reasons. You talk about comfort. Apparently comfort's the word of the day on BYU Sports Nation because I brought it up in the opening block. Someone else brought it up. Now Spencer's bringing up comfort multiple times. We talk about that comfort. Uh, we've, it's been mentioned multiple times. BYU's never won in Florida. Not that it matters for this week, but it's been mentioned multiple times. They fly out Thursday to get the extra day of, uh, to, to, cli- to acclimate, get acclimate. Ready, get you, acclimate the, to the thank you. Acclimate to the to. You've been thinking about Coast. climate way too much. It's cold in here. It's freezing. It's freezing. You're warm. Yeah, but but you, you you get that extra day, Spencer. Is that a big deal? Is the whole Florida thing is it a big deal or no? Well, I think it's mostly a deal because BYU has typically played elite level competition in the state of Florida. The Cougars aren't playing Florida State or Miami or the Gators of Florida, who they've never played before, by the way. And some BYU fans want them on the schedule. Be careful what you wish for. BYU's playing USF. They're not even playing UCF, for that matter. And BYU went to overtime in 2014 against UCF and almost got the win back then with a backup quarterback in Christian Stewart. Now BYU in a similar situation with a backup quarterback on the road, but off of a bye week and against the worst team from the state of Florida that they have played against. So I'm not buying into that as much as I would before because the level of competition is down. This USF team was trailing 41 to nothing against SMU. They lost to Wisconsin 49 to nothing. Can BYU impose their will and beat a team they should be? BYU is almost a touchdown favorite on the road. They're supposed to win this game. The Cougars need to do it, and it's going to happen. They're going to change the Florida jinx or whatever you want to call it on Saturday. Okay, Spencer, before we let you go, it's time for uh, you're going for two picks. Now, we have Jerem's picks. We'll announce those coming up in a second. The updated scoreboard, and I'm, I'm sure Jerem will be smiling. We won't know why, but he'll have a smile on his face when I read these. He, he has a, an 8-3 to three lead over you. He has an 8 nothing lead over me because I choose not to pick. Yeah. Uh, what are your going for two picks for tomorrow? <laughs> My number one pick for BYU is the number I brought up earlier, 24. BYU's averaging 22 points a game this year. Not good. One of the worst scoring offenses in the country. They will go 24-plus even with the backup quarterback tomorrow. That is my number one going for two pick. My second pick is that BYU's rush defense, which has been giving up 220 rushing yards per game, will hold USF to under 150. I know the Bulls average 121 rushing a game, but this BYU defense has not shown the capability to stop the run really against anybody. It's going to be under 150 tomorrow, and that line and those linebackers are finally going to have their say. Those are my going for two picks. Here are Jerem's picks. Pick number one, he says BYU will cover the opening spread of six and a half points. His number two pick, BYU will have more than one sack they're averaging one a game right now. So uh, those are Jerem's picks. I was looking for the flag on that last one because I, one sack, they're giving up 4.8 a game. Their quarterbacks are basically endangered species. Yes, that's so soft. Here's, here's what I – here's oh, Jer- let, Jerem's going super conservative offense. Spencer, before we let you go, I have one request. What are the chances – we're going to play what's the chance, and I'm hoping it's 100%. What's the chance you drop the mic, you take off the electrical equipment, and you jump in that pool right now? What? 
Nope, not doing it. <laughs> Dang it. I, I should have been prepared. I should I did bring my I did bring my swimsuit, but my photographer, Dale Green's looking at me going, No, do not do not drop the mic and do this. <laughs> I got too much equipment on me right now. There you go. There's, there's things riding on this. That that's right. Spencer, great stuff. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we will see you from Raymond James Stadium tomorrow during countdown to kickoff. Thanks, man. You got it, guys. Ben, great to have you in Studio B. Good to see you, Spencer. Hey, coming up next, get to know USF and the Tampa Bay area. Know the foe. I really thought he was going to jump in the pool. I thought there was a decent chance. Jerem, maybe. <laughs> Which he's already done. <laughs> when it comes to numbers, I'd like to see from Jaron Hall tomorrow. How about the number zero? I will explain next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Watch or listen to the sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer team host Pacific tomorrow night at Southfield. The Cougars' quest remain unbeaten. Continues at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU women's soccer rolling, and we're rolling on here at BYU Sports Nation. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. BYU football set to take on the South Florida Bulls in Tampa, Florida tomorrow at Raymond James Stadium, home of the NFL's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio. You can watch on CBS Sports Network. Don't forget, be sure to catch Countdown to Kickoff before the game at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific on BYU TV. Calvin Oy had two tackles, a sack, and a scoop and score on a fumble recovery last night as New England Patriots down the New York Giants 35-14. KVN and the Pats 6-0 on the season. Number nine, women's volleyball down the San Francisco Dons last night in straight sets at the Smith Fieldhouse. This was BYU's ninth straight win, and the Cougars are now 19-0 all-time against the Dons. BYU hosts Santa Clara tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific on the WCC Network. And released about 20 minutes ago, the WCC and ESPN announced their slate of games for the WCC on the ESPN Networks. BYU has 10 regular season games coming on ESPN. Gonzaga will make 15 on that. Speaking of one of our trending topics, yes. BYU's 10, by the way, 37 conference games in total being broadcast on the ESPN family networks. BYU having 10 of those. Talking a lot about Jaron Hall today, getting ready for his first start tomorrow. And and it's it's interesting when you talk about this because we're all discussing first start. He's making it. Within the program, they don't view him. Yes, technically he's making his first start. But with all of the reps that he got in spring, they don't view this as somebody that's going in as, as, a, as a normal guy with making his first start. They think he is so much further along than most people making their first start this far into the season. Well, I, don't, I don't disagree he's further along, but it's still your first start. You can take all the spring games, put them in a nice little package, put a bow on it, and call him the starting quarterback for the spring game, it still doesn't equal what live action in a regular season game means. Well, and he even brought that up um, earlier in the week, saying that even though it was at the end of the game and it wasn't a whole lot, he said having those reps once Zach went down and he immediately came in, having just those few reps to get into a game, he says, I've been thinking back on that. That that has actually been a a benefit to him, he thinks. So so really what we're, we're... 
boiling this down to is, what do we expect from Jaron? We're talking specifically about numbers. What numbers do you want to see from Jaron Hall tomorrow? Well, I've got three numbers I want to see from him. Spencer had two numbers in a letter. I got three numbers I want to see. I want to see eight or fewer rush attempts. Now, people are like, well, he's a running quarterback. He should be able to run. Yeah, he should be able to, but I don't want him getting happy feet in the pocket where he's uncomfortable and he panics and runs. If he's going to run, let it be a comfortable run. Let it be where, hey, nothing's open. I'm going to go. I'm going to get some yards. I'm going to slide, and I'm out. You're the backup quarterback. We don't need to see what the third-string quarterback looks like. We just, we'll take the backup quarterback. Be smart with the run game. Eight or fewer rushing attempts. I want to see zero sacks. And zero sacks plays into the final one, which is three seconds, which is the last number. He's got to get that ball out fast. Short passes, timing routes. Get the ball out so he's not waiting and looking and doing a lot of thinking, frankly. I just want, I want it to be a comfortable offense where snap, read, look, throw, next play. For me, the number one number I want to see tomorrow is zero. And that's zero turnovers, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In independence, eight of the nine backup quarterbacks have thrown an interception in their first start. So for Jaron to buck that trend, uh, that would be something that would be impressive because so far... Eight out of the nine quarterbacks have thrown an interception. But I, I just think it's so crucial, not just for him, but we know when, when BYU doesn't turn the ball over, how how well they play and, and how that translates into Ws. And when they turn the ball over, the, the chance of winning drops. So I want to see zero turnovers specifically from Jaron. When they turn the ball over, it usually means six points going the yeah, other way this it's season. it's led directly. But in terms of other numbers, I want to see at least five designed QB runs. And I'm not saying I only want to see him run five times, mm-hmm. but a, a called QB run, I'd love to see at least five. Just give him an opportunity to see what he can do. For, and, and of those, if I think if Jaron can get four, 40-plus yards rushing, I think, that's a, I think that would help kind of loosen up the defense. And 200 yards plus passing. That's not crazy. I think that's very attainable. I have realistic expectations. I really do expect Jaron to come out and look really good tomorrow. Well, you, we, we talked about the rushing attempts and that being a big one. How much does that play into the coaching staff's mindset is, hey, this is QB2, who's now QB1. Do we protect him just a little bit it's there? What's, it's what's going on with Taysom Hill with the Saints. You're seeing less of the Swiss Army knife with Taysom now that he's the backup quarterback because they can't risk having him get hurt. Both very careful, capable, but you want, it, I mean, you want to hedge your bets a little bit here. Yep. Our question of the day, who can or will help Jaron Hall the most in his first start as quarterback for BYU and how on Twitter at uh, Hipwell331 says the run game so we can take some pressure off of the pass game Maybe it'll open up a little play action, which could lead to bigger plays down the field. Yeah, I, I, and I think, but again, like I said, I think it comes back, in order to do that, I think it comes back to the offensive line, not just protection of Jaron, but opening up holes for the run game in order to set up all that. Yeah, the O-line is going to play a big part in this. They've got, to, they've got to be at the top of their game tomorrow. And Spencer said it, this is a team, a D-line that they should absolutely manhandle. And we need to see it. it didn't so much happen in Toledo. It needs to happen tomorrow. Hey, coming up next, from celebration to scoop to full extension for Kyle Vanoy. And how much do Ben and I know about South Florida and the greater Tampa area? We play Know the Phone next. Yes. This is BYU Sports Nation. I... BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. <laughs> 
Tomorrow, BYU Radio has you covered for BYU at USF. Sometime host Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson help get you ready for BYU at USF tomorrow on Cougar Pregame Live. They're joined by Greg Rebell and Mitchell Jurgens as they get you ready for the radio call of BYU at USF. Coverage begins at 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific on BYU Radio. Did you hear that shot? I, I did there? hear it. I'm going to let it. I'm just moving on. Welcome oh, back into BYU you, Sports Look at you being Nation. the mature one there. Yes, exactly. Okay. Jason Shepard alongside Ben Bagley. How much do we know about the South Florida Bulls and the area that they play in? That would be Tampa, Florida. It's time to play Know the Foe. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? Know the foe brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Uh, I'm going to let you start and ask the first question on Know the Foe. I'm secretly moving my yes, laptop. Yes, I am too. I'm, no I'm, peeking. Yes. Can't peek at this. So we're we'll excited here. about some of these. Well, Jason, I know you're a big WWE fan. Oh, we may you, be going the you, same direction. You, you watch all the time. Yes. Tampa. Famous yes. for wrestlers coming out of Tampa yes. Bay. Yes, yes. So which of the following is not a wrestler? Not yeah. a wrestler. Not a wrestler, yes. From Tampa Bay. Is it Hulk Hogan? Mm-hmm. Is it the nature boy, Ric Flair? Mm-hmm. Woo! Is it the macho man, Randy Savage? Or is it John Cena? Okay, I know John Cena and Hulk Hogan are from Tampa. I know it's not those two. Okay. Uh, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. I'm gonna say, who was the other one? Macho Man. The Macho Man Randy oh, Savage. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna say Macho Man Randy Savage is not from Tampa. Incorrect. Oh. Who's the Nature the Boy? The Nature Boy. He's actually from Minnesota. If you watch the 30 for 30, which was fantastic. Yes. He's from he's from the north. Okay. I don't know where he lives now, but he's he's very tan for being from Minnesota. Okay. All right. Well, I got that one wrong. Uh, but we are. Similar in, in oh, some, of our, still your some of our questions. Oh, okay. But, well, Hulk Hogan's going to make an appearance. Sweet. Okay. Which is not an alum of South Florida? Oh. Not. Of the university? Of the University okay. of South Florida. Not yes, not an alum. alum of the region South right, Florida. Yes. Is it A, Tony LaRussa? Okay. B, Gallagher, the guy that smashes watermelons? Okay. C, Danny McBride? Yeah. Okay. Or D. Hulk Hogan, not an alum of South Florida. Ooh. Tony LaRussa, Gallagher, Danny McBride, Hulk Hogan. Once again, both of us studying, and I know two of those for sure. I know Gallagher, (laughs) South Florida. And and half the audience is like, Gallagher, who's that? Google it. He smashes pumpkins. It's kind of funny. Uh, Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I know Tony LaRussa, also one of your favorite managers from South Florida. My Cardinals. I'm going to go Hulk Hogan because I don't know that he went to school. He is an alum. And ah. Danny McBride is the one I made up. He is not an alum of South Florida. He's bounded down. Yes, so we both have uh, have struck out on our first uh, attempt. That's just one strike. That's not a strikeout. That's one strike. Yes, I should know that as the baseball guy. All right, let's go, let's stick kind of kind of down the WWE frame. Okay. The XFL coming okay. to a city near you yes. next year again. What is the name of the Tampa Bay XFL franchise? Oh, I know this. So. I will give you multiple choice. Okay. I'm a nice guy. I'm okay. not just going to put you out there. Okay. Is it the Tampa Bay Yachtsman? Okay. Is it the Tampa Bay Vipers? Mm-hmm. Is it the Tampa Bay Gators? Mm-hmm. Or is it the Tampa Thunder? I'm going to say it is the Vipers. Ooh, good guess. And you're right. Yes! I thought I had you with the Yachtsman. No. That's a great name. No, I like, I like Yacht Rock. That's why I went there. Yeah, but I don't... Okay. All right. I'm going to give you a true or false. Ooh, 50-50. If, I like and this. And I know you've been studying, so you may know this. 
True or false? The Florida Chickens was one choice for a nickname of South Florida before deciding on the Bulls. Florida Chickens? The Florida Chickens. True or false? That was an option for the mascot nickname. That is so ridiculous, it's got to be true. It is true! The Florida Chickens was an option. They could have been the South Florida Florida Chickens. Tune in Saturday as the Cougars eat up the chickens. So there On we go. BYU Radio. All right, so now we each have one. All right. Okay. Uh, between Tampa Bay Rays, Buccaneers, and Lightning, mm-hmm. three of the professional sports franchises in Tampa, how many championships has Tampa teams won? I don't get a multiple choice? No. Okay, say the question one more okay. time. Okay. How many championships of Tampa Bay teams, the Lightning, Buccaneers, and Rays, uh-huh. won? One. It was the Lightning. In the NHL. I like where you're going because you're forgetting about the Buccaneers beating the Raiders in the Super Bowl. Oh, you're right. I, how did I? I, I forget about I that totally all the time. About it. So do I. Oh, I, I, I try stupid. to forget about it all the time. I feel dumb. So the I, answer is two. Yeah, the answer is two. All right. Okay, this one. This one I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited for. Uh, the Bulls play at Raymond James Stadium, yes. home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who or what is Raymond James? Is, it, is, is Raymond James, A, the former mayor of Tampa, responsible for bringing the NFL to Tampa? He's an investor. B, a financial institution. Financial institution. Final answer. C, Final answer. the original owner of the Bucks. Or D, I just wanted to get this one out, a regional-based catfish restaurant. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. But he's a financial Dang institution. Dang it, yeah, it's a financial institution. So you right? commercials during NFL games know, all the time. I know, but I thought maybe you weren't paying attention or you forgot like I did. I'm being told by the producer, I win. You did win. Yes. Yeah. What you going to do when Hulkamania <laughs> runs wild on you, Jason? <laughs> what you going to do? And that is No The Foe, brought to you by BYU Food To Go. Coming up, a big-time player in a big-time moment in a rise and shout. And it's less about Mahomes versus Watson and all about Reed and Sorensen in the whip. I did not write that, but I endorse it. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Shout out to today's guest, Spencer Linton, who chose not to jump in the pool after our interview. Would you say he's a special guest? Special guest, yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. See, I, wonder, I want to know if he checked the pool behind him for gators. Because in our you research. Were fascinated with gators in the pool. Well, that's because I, I'd never want to go to Florida again. I, not that I've ever been there, but it's, I don't. Because, well, no, I have been there for the Miami Beach Bowl. But I was reading on their, their tourism website. They say they encourage all visitors to check any fresh water before getting in it because the gators travel underground in aqueducts, even pools, and get into them. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm out. Well, look, they, they're, not, they're not blue, so they should stand out in a pool if one's in there. You should know fairly I'm, easily. I'm out. I'm out. Not interested. All right. The show today is on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and radio apps. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Now let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU is set to take on the South Florida Bulls in Tampa, Florida tomorrow. The Cougars 0-7. Not that it matters all time in the state of Florida. Jaron Hall making his first start at QB. Listen to the game on BYU Radio and tune in for Countdown to Kickoff at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 Pacific on BYU TV. 
Cougars in the NFL. The boogeyman strikes again. That's right. Kyle Vernoy, two tackles, a sack, as well as a scoop and score fumble recovery last night in the New England Patriots 35-14 win over the New York Giants. Also, Ziggy Ansah was ranked number 10 on a list compiled by ESPN of the all-time greatest walk-ons in college football history. And I don't know if you know this, Ben. Didn't know how to put on his football pads. Ten on his list. Ten on that list. Number one in our hearts. Yes, he is. And the number one Disney movie that needs to be made. Mm, good, good call. Also, lots of Cougars suiting up in the NFL this Sunday. Fred Warner and the undefeated 49ers taking on the Rams in L.A. Taysom and the Saints playing the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Michael Davis and the Chargers. They're facing the Steelers. And Andy Reid and Daniel Sorensen, your homeboys. Yep. The Chiefs, they square up against the Texans in what's supposed to be a big matchup. I'm nervous. I'll be honest. In Kansas City, Ziggy Ansah, the aforementioned Ziggy Ansah, and the Seahawks face off against Sione Takitaki and the Browns. Volleyball. Number nine, women's volleyball down the San Francisco Dons in straight sets last night. Maddie Robinson led the way with 11 kills. It's now BYU's 11th, or excuse me, ninth straight win. They are now 19-0 all-time against San Francisco. BYU back in action tomorrow, hosting Santa Clara at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific on the WCC Network. Soccer. The sixth-ranked BYU women's soccer team looks to keep their unbeaten streak alive this Saturday as they host the Pacific Tigers at Southfield. You can catch the matchup live on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. Men's soccer team looks to remain undefeated as well. Senior night tonight for the against the Utah Valley Wolverines at Southfield. That match begins at 9 Eastern. Cougars in pro hoops. Eric Mika scored four points and grabbed six rebounds in just four minutes of action as the Sacramento Kings defeated the Phoenix Suns in NBA preseason action 105-88. to Overseas, Elijah Bryant had 15 points and three rebounds in a Maccabi Tel Aviv loss to Real Madrid. Jimmer tallied 18 points, four rebounds, and three assists in a loss. Softball kicks off season play tomorrow with two games. First against Salt Lake Community College at 1.30 p.m. Eastern and then against the Utah State Aggies at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Golf. Peter Quest has been named the WCC Player of the Month for his month of September. This is the fourth time he's received this honor over his career. And on the PGA Tour, Zach Blair, four under after the first round of the Houston Open, currently tied for 31st. Or 21st, excuse me. Tennis. Sean Hill of BYU Men's Tennis advanced in the consolation bracket at the ITA All-American on Thursday. He will face number 21, uh, Adria Soriano Barrera of the University of Miami tomorrow. Thank you. In the round of 16. That was impressive. You nailed it. Thank you. Not uh, an ESPN Plus nail, but just you nailed that. It's time for a rise and shout outs. Uh, where are you going with yours, Ben? I'm going to go with McKenna Miller. The, B- the BYU Alpha on the women's volleyball team. I say that because, hey, when the Dons were up in the third set, McKenna Miller enters in the set and not playing beforehand. Four straight serves for four straight points, including two aces. When the big moments arise, the alpha dog comes out and barks. Um, we've mentioned this a couple of times. My rise and shout is going to go to Kyle Van Noy. Had the fumble recovery for a touchdown in a dominant defensive performance by the New England Patriots on Thursday Night Football. In fact, that dominant defensive performance is probably going to lose me my fantasy football this weekend <laughs> because the guy that I'm playing got like 30 points out of the Patriots defense yesterday. It's so much fun to see Kyle Van Noy have this much success. Obviously, the Super Bowls, but he's just such a fun player to watch, a great representative of BYU, and it was fun to see him last night. Full extension on 
on the uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown. The boogeyman, man. The boogeyman. And, and full extension. That was impressive. That, w- that was impressive. Our question of the day, who can or will help Jaron Hall the most in his first start as quarterback for BYU? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, comes from at Big Red on Instagram, says his offensive line, by giving him time to process and find receivers and opening lanes for the running game so the defense can just focus on Jaron Hall. Regardless of what Jerem Jordan always says, we always have time for Dennis Pitta. We just didn't today. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Ben, I am Jason. Shout out to the birthday boy, Steve Young. Happy 58. Tune in tomorrow, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. Countdown to kickoff.